Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Well, it's Wednesday night, Audrey. It means one thing. Tech Vibe Radio is upon us. Oh, yes. But you know what? It doesn't have to be Wednesday nights. No, you can mm. listen to us. I know. On anything. Anything. Anytime. Anywhere. As long as you've got some sort of device in order to access any of your favorite podcast platforms, you can go over there and download us and, and look at the, our, our we, we've got this catalog of great stories that we've been telling. We've been doing this for 13 years now, right? 12. I'm saying 13. We're on our 13th year, right? And i got to make it sound more important. <laughs> but uh, we actually, um, you know, we had all of our stuff going way back to the early days, but we had a incident happened with a <laughs> service a, provider where we lost a lot of technology service a technology uh, service going awry where we lost a lot of our early I, data I can't hear it I don't want to I talk know, about but it but all I'm saying is our our library has been built back up and one of the coolest things Audrey we've been adding to our library has been the healthcare reinvented series that oh, we've been doing with Highmark oh my gosh yeah it's is that too much fun so much fun I can't. Yeah, I can't wait to get more of these started for 2020. We we had our first four we put in to production back in 2019, and now that we're into 2020, we've got another three or four that we're going to be ripping out. If it, not first more of in the all, future. it is yeah. so enlightening. I, I realize neither us, of us are medical practitioners, right. but having a chance to be yep. up front with yep. these docs and it's their specialists and talk about stuff. not just what they're working on, but like how they view life, what it means exactly. to be here in Pittsburgh, right. what it means to work in the Allegheny Health Network, what the patients are like, what are some of the proactive things that they're doing right. and seeing. And how they're using technology. And how they're using yeah. technology and how they are really working heads down. I mean, Definitely. these are when you think about our region and most cities say most jobs are in healthcare. So, so many in Pittsburgh. They, when yep. they're no, every well city. everywhere I guess because we all got to yeah. stay healthy, so it's And it's, so when you think about what they're seeing and what they're doing, it's just been eye-opening. And getting a chance to meet these docs, I love them. We've been having a good time We've with it. We've been having such a good time. And Anything that you can download. I look forward to 2020 and, and having more exactly. conversations. Well, tonight we're actually going to play uh, our last our last uh, Tech Five segment with uh, with with Dr. Munil Shaw and, and Dr. Maluk, two really cool guys that are working out of out of with cardiac care, which is just it was just so much fun. These guys are just just such just nice gentlemen, and, oh, yeah. and just what they're doing to save people's lives, keep people healthy. Whether I mean, literally saving people from strokes and from heart attacks, and some of the technologies behind it. To us, I, I just thought it was so much fun. Like we're pulling this one out of the archive, and we're we're going to play it again tonight, just because I it's thought it was month. a lot of fun. Yeah, well, it's and, heart month. and because it's Heart Month as well, right. which I think and is really that's cool. That's really important. So there's there's just you know 
listen, it started with Dr. Starzl here. I know. I mean, how many years ago was that? 40? Probably more than that. Probably 50, I 50 think. years yeah. ago? Because, right? like, time's marching on. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh my time God. is marching it's, on. It's 2020, and <laughs> 50 years would have been 1970, <laughs> close to when I was born. I'm like, oh, boy. Yeah. I, I, I think he was doing stuff before I was born. So. Not that much <laughs> Yeah, it's like, uh-oh. Before. <laughs> okay. Well, there you have it. So we're passionate about that. Yeah. And there's a common theme in all of this in terms of taking care of yourself. Absolutely. And what does exercise mean? But there's also a common theme that there's so many different kind of heart disorders. It's People Absolutely. are born with born issues. Right. People are acquired things. Right. People get viruses. There's just – I know. Scary stuff. Just, but at the end of the day, scary. you can be taken care of very well here in Pittsburgh yes. with the latest technology. Really? And for us to tell some of those stories through the Healthcare Reinvented series is really cool. So if you just go to iTunes – just search for Healthcare Reinvented, search for Tech Vibe. All those, all those stories are there. But tonight we're going to play one just so you can get a little taste of it. And I think it's, I think it's a lot of fun to do that. And also on tonight's show, Audrey, the Hardware Cup is back in action again. Yeah. Which is, I can't believe this is – I think it's, it's fourth or fifth fourth. year now. Fourth, fourth year fourth now. Year. And I'm just like it's, – it's really starting to catch. Like it's, it's gone international. Or maybe it's their sixth year. It could be. It's been right. I think it might be their sixth year. We'll have to clarify with Leah Simon Sully when she stops right. by I later. Really, in the show. I feel like they have been a great marketing arm for us. Definitely, definitely for the region for telling what's happening here in Pittsburgh, getting a chance to bring people back mm-hmm. to Pittsburgh. So it'll be interesting to see what she's finding yeah. out and what she's discovering. And I, I think what they're doing with this event, where basically they're awarding you know, cash prizes and investments. Um, to companies that are building product-type companies. And as you'll see, these product companies arrange everything from, from clothing companies to robotics companies and, and everything kind of in between, so it's very broad. But it, it shows that Pittsburgh is a destination where you can come here and build something and have resources to help you build something. If you want to come here and build something, you can go to, like, Alpha Lab Gear and apply and be part of their program, and they're going to help you get that product company off the ground. Like, that's good stuff. I like that. So I I, I tip my hat to what they're doing there with with Alpha Lab gear in order to make that stuff happen, which I think is just a lot of fun and good stuff for Pittsburgh. A lot of good stuff for Pittsburgh. For sure, all all the way around. So that, healthcare reinvented, it's good stuff all the way around. And I look at the fact that, like, it is now February, deep into February, and the next thing coming up is our CIO of the Year Awards. I always like to plug that a little bit because it is like the second biggest event that the Tech Council does. Right. And uh, I tell people, check it out. Be a part of it because it's 600 people. It sells out. And it's a celebration of some of the hard work that some women and men are doing within Chief well, Information Officer and Chief uh, Information security. security Officers as well, too, which I think is a big deal. Yeah, it's a big year. It's a big year. Thinking about 2020. How have you signed your digits on 2020? My digits on 20. Do you write 2020 all the way out? Oh, God, no. I do. Do you? Because then you can, if not, you can just add digits to it. Oh, you're right. Oh, that's smart. So I, I didn't think about 2020, that. And then it always keeps me focused. 2020. 2020. 2020. <laughs> it's reminding me I need to get How my eyes How did it come up with 2020 vision, right? I don't know. Yeah, if there's, it's what you see there's, from 20 feet or right. something like that? I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I can't believe I'm saying 2020, <laughs> 2020. out loud. I know. It's and like... talking about ways to sign it. <laughs> I, think I think we're at just Pittsburgh's at once again an, an inflection point. It's a big It'll be juncture. very interesting to see what our census is. When yep. it comes out this year. I forgot. Yeah, that's ooh, yeah, that's, that's a big, actually, big I, deal for us. I think that might be something where we, we get a a little 
a little yeah, I ha- hard I, reckoning, right. I think, that, that we maybe have some bigger issues than we thought and that we really need to be paying attention to how we make Pittsburgh a destination to right. get more people into the city to, to right. build companies and, as you say, not be a, uh, an armchair critique because we don't, we, 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 we don't need those types of folks. We need people to come here and to build stuff for crying out loud. So, But anyhow, that's why I love doing the show, Audrey, because we're bringing on the people that are actually building the cool companies. And like I said, we have this archive, <laughs> which got truncated a little bit, but we won't talk about that. Yeah, please <laughs> but, no. But as you could, if you keep going back to our, our podcast page on iTunes, iTunes or Google Play or Spotify, wherever you want to get it, you'll see, man, there's some great stories happening here in Pittsburgh. It gets me all fired up. And the one thing I got to talk about before we take break is coming very soon to the airport is our new Pittsburgh tech video, which I'm really oh, excited so about. Oh, so exciting. Oh, Audrey, I, you haven't even seen the first cut yet. And all I'm saying is this, oh my God, like, I'm not kidding. I was watching the first cut of it. Like, and I'm not like an emotional dude at all. Aww, well, I am an emotional yes, dude, are. but I try to say that I'm not an emotional dude, but I was like, I was like, I'm not like, I was getting, I'm not cry, but like, I was just feeling so proud for some of these companies and the folks that are building some of these solutions. I mean, in this video, you see everything from a robotics company to a life sciences company and everything in between. That's the kind of guy Jonathan Kirsting is. I got, I got a little, he's got pride. I got, I got a little verklempt. How about that? See, Uh I got, I got a little verklempt and I was like, man, (laughs) this is why I love Pittsburgh so much because we have some companies that are impacting people's lives. So beginning in probably March or April, we will have this new video out that really showcases the best and brightest as to what is happening in Pittsburgh's tech sector being played at the airport in Concourse B. It'll also be on our website and on YouTube and other locales. But I'm just getting really pumped at the first results. Working with PMI on this, a great partner of ours to help us put this video together. So at the end of the day, great stuff. And, you know, what can I say? I like it. So anyway, we're taking a break, Audrey. We've got some Tech Vibe coming in front of us. I'll stop talking. Don't go away. <laughs> we're coming right back. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey. Learn more about the Tech Council at pghtech.org. So I tell you what, Audrey, as you know, we've been exploring the insides and the outsides of some of the great cool work happening at Highmark and Allegheny Health Network through our Reinventing Healthcare podcast series. And I've been having just way too much fun with this because it seems like every other week we are really hanging out with some of the uh, the most like, talented people, folks that are saving people's lives. They're embracing technology. And a lot of the work these folks are doing is only happening here in Pittsburgh where it was kind of pioneered here in Pittsburgh and now the rest of the world is kind of catching on to it. So it's been some fun storytelling. Well, AHN is just sort of quietly being an innovator. Exactly. And you know what? We don't want you to be quiet anymore. Yeah, we're trying to shout it out. We want to shout it out so that people can really understand what kinds of things you're working on. So today we're really going to talk about the heart. The heart, man. Let's get to the heart of the matter. Well, I didn't say that. You I said did. that. I know. I like, I like, I like saying the, <laughs> I the, the obvious sometimes, right? I know. That's <laughs> more than obvious. So <laughs> we have two physicians in the house that I'd like to yeah. introduce. And before we introduce them, remind everybody that if you want to listen to any of the healthcare, of the yes. Reinventing Healthcare series, just go to iTunes, go to Google Play, wherever you get your podcast, just search for uh, Healthcare Reinvented, and you can nerd out on this stuff, because we have some longer play stuff. Our, our terrestrial signal doesn't give us enough time to fully explore, just to give it a little taste, if you know what I mean. So, so let's introduce, who do we have in the house? So uh, I'm Monil Shah, uh, I'm a non-invasive cardiologist at Allegheny Health Network. And I'm Satish Malouk, the Chief of Vascular Surgery at Allegheny Health Network. So we're going to start with the sort of imaging piece, right. the non-invasive imaging piece. I like the way Dr. Shaw says non-invasive. <laughs> See, that makes me feel more comfortable. <laughs> so Dr. Shaw, 
Talk about, we're going to let, we know a little bit about this heart flow technology, but our listeners don't. So talk about that world that you work in every day and the kind of tools that you use. So uh, one of my one of my focuses uh, is on cardiovascular CT, cardiac CT, and uh, it's a, it's a nice test where we can visualize the arteries of the heart and look for blockages, look for heart disease. You actually being able to see it, you know, not, yeah. not 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 guess or conjecture and think you might have a blockage, but exactly. like saying, nope, we can see exactly where it is and right. what it's doing. It's direct visualization, right? And that can be very helpful for patients to determine if their symptoms are related to that or not. Uh, the heart flow is basically when we see a blockage, you know, sometimes sometimes blockages need to be fixed if they're, if they're significant enough, a 70%, 80% blockage. Sometimes if they're only 20%, 30%, then they, we can just treat with medications only. Um, so that's difficult to tell with just using CT images. Um, so what we have now is there's a company in California called HeartFlow, and they offer a way to do flow analysis of the CT images. And that will help give us a better idea of whether that blockage that we see on the CAT scan, whether it's significant or not. Okay, so a referral comes from a doc to see you, right? It could be... Uh, well, well, typically the, 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 yeah. the physician themselves, they, they could refer to me, or if they're comfortable, they could order the CAT scan themselves, too. Okay. Com- most commonly, it's, it's a cardiologist, usually, uh, or sometimes a primary care physician, ordering the CAT scan first. Okay. And then I would be one, uh, I'm one of the uh, physicians who interprets them at Allegheny Health Network. And then we would decide, if, if I see a blockage when I'm interpreting the study, then I'll send it to California to, the, to HeartFlow for the flow analysis. And as you were saying in our podcast interview, um, you actually get those results back on the same day. Correct. You're not waiting a couple weeks to wonder what's going on, but that same day you know really well what's happening at that point. That's exactly right. How much, and that's taking a lot of stress off of, off of people just knowing at that point what's yeah, happening, right? Yeah, it gives them, yeah, you know, it, it gives them the patient the information that they need and, and the physician the information that they need so they know what's the next best step. Start charting that course and okay. get people on the right track. And so before this, or in other places that don't have heart flow, what, what was the methodology? Yeah, I mean, the traditional method of testing when you're looking, suspecting a patient who is having um, heart disease or blockages is you start with a stress test, and if the stress test was abnormal, then the next step would be a heart catheterization where they feed a wire and catheters up into the heart. Uh, and, then, and then with that, then they could take pictures of the arteries themselves. However, w- what we found was that a, a lot of patients end up getting a heart cath who end up not having significant blockages. So they've gone through all that rigmarole Correct. and not necessarily having needed it. So right. that's why I like the idea of doing the CT scan and having the heart flow done. You can get a really good idea. Yeah, it provides an, an alternative before a heart cath to say, well, let's do the CAT scan first. Maybe this patient doesn't really need a heart cath. Right. And we can avoid it, avoid an invasive procedure. Very cool stuff. Now, when things get kind of crazy. Right. When things when, get a little bit crazy and you need to now go to the next step. You need to see Dr. Maluk at that point. Right. So here we have Dr. Maluk, who we've introduced a few moments ago. Yes. Who is now the vascular surgeon and director of AHN Division of Vascular Surgery that we now are going to talk about something that's called TCAR. Yes. So, Well, what TCAR is, is um, just like you can get uh, blockages affecting the heart, you can get blockages affecting the carotid artery, um, which supplies the brain. And that kind of blockage is pretty serious because it can lead to stroke. Uh, and historically, uh, we've, we thought we've had pretty good methods of dealing with carotid blockage. Uh, we've done uh, carotid endarterectomy for many years, dating back into the 1950s. That's an operation where you uh, actually clean the plaque out of the carotid artery. Uh, as an alternative, uh, you can do a stent that's placed from a catheterization approach from the groin, from the femoral artery. And um, 
that seems to have slightly higher stroke rates, so we didn't like it quite as much. But um, we didn't think there was that much room for innovation. Uh, but lately, over the last few years, uh, TCAR has been introduced, and that's a, a transcervical carotid revascularization where we place a stent, but rather than coming from the femoral artery in the groin, we make a small incision in the neck and place the stent from there. And that has a lot of benefits. We don't have to traverse nearly as much uh, mileage in the vascular system to get to the, to the problem. So because of that, uh, we have a lot less chance of causing right. a problem. I remember in our podcast series interview, you were saying like literally it's like five or six inches to get that place as opposed to literally going several, several yeah. yards right. probably, if not more than that, to make it all the way up. So people are there, healing right? from this quicker, I would imagine, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, compared to carotid endorectomy, our incision is smaller. Uh, and uh, we have uh, less chance of uh, causing a stroke compared to the transfemoral carotid stenting because we're traversing less mileage, as exactly. you say. So it's been great. There's another real benefit to TCAR, and that's where we create a retrograde flow. We actually connect the, sheath, the thing in the f- uh, carotid artery, the sheath in the carotid artery, to the femoral vein. So we deliberately create a fistula. Wow. Where flow Jeez. goes backward in the carotid artery for just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. But that's enough for us to do our treatment. And lower that chance of stroke, right? That's right. So yeah. all the, any plaque that we loosen up uh, by our treatment gets, uh, rather than go up into the brain, which we don't want, it goes backward and gets trapped in a filter so that uh, we uh, uh, good uh, minimize news. the chance of stroke. Very cool. Very well, cool. I knew that when we talk, and, and you're going to have to listen to our deep dive yeah. with these two like physicians. Like I said, there's just not enough time. There's not enough time because the fact of you have er, you have capability to do non-invasive through the work of, of heart flow, new technology. Yes. And then you also have much more effective treatments exactly. when you want to go in and you have any of these kind of complications so you stay less I would imagine, in the hospital, and that your treatment and your post-op is is highly beneficial. So when we think about the amount of heart disease that actually exists, not just in southwestern Pennsylvania, but across the United States, and that this innovation is happening in AHN, I don't know. I'm sort of proud. I think it's cool. I like that (laughs) I think it's pretty cool. (laughs) I think it's really cool, and I I really appreciate the the candor of both of these physicians in terms of adopting technology and innovation. Because it's not always easy to do that, particularly when you think you have something that's working right. well. Yeah. And you got people's lives on the line there. And, and yeah, and your customer right. are live human beings that could be in dire straits. Yeah. So my hat's off to AHN once again. I agree. And allowing us to do just a little bit of a peek into the work that you're doing and to saving lives. That's why I've been so pumped up about the Reinventing Healthcare podcast series to have these discussions, Audrey. And it's opened my mind up so much. And I know if people listen to it, they're going to be just amazed at what's happening here in Pittsburgh with Allegheny Health Network. And so we've got a lot more of these stories to tell in the coming months, which I think is just so exciting. But we got to take a quick break and come back. So, uh, Dr. Shaw and Maluk, thank you for hanging out thank with us tonight. Thank you so much. We appreciate it Happy so much. Happy to do it. We're taking a quick break. We're coming back with a lot more Tech 5 Radio. As you take that break, log on to the computer and download Reinventing Healthcare. It's a lot of fun to listen to. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. You can learn more about us at pghtech.org. Welcome back. So glad you're listening to Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting with the Pittsburgh Technology Council. And uh, we're actually recording on scene here, on site, at the CMO Insights 
event in the Rivers Club. So uh, I love being able to take the show on the road because it just brings it. You can't always get everyone to stop in the studio. So we, we, we take the studio to the people. And we have the CMO of Poshmark, Stephen Young, hanging out with us today. And we were really excited to get this guy to stop by Pittsburgh because we think Poshmark is just a crazy cool company, just really showing what's happening in tech and marketing these days. And we get some national thought leaders out here and bring them to Pittsburgh to educate our crowd here. We think it's pretty fun. And how can I not polish up the old mobile field unit here and grab an interview with Stephen? And so, Stephen, thanks for coming to Pittsburgh. We hope you're having a good time so far. I just want to learn all about what you're up to, what Poshmark is up to, sure. and we'll kind of just take it from there. So Great. first off, give us a quick little bit of your background. Who is Stephen? So one, thank you for having me. I'm excited to, one, meet people here and also learn more about just, like I said, the Pittsburgh technology sort of scene and vibe. Uh, a little bit about myself, I'm originally from New York City. I've lived there for the last 15, 17 years of my life, really formulated my whole career there. I've worked in a number of different industries, both high-tech as well as consumer marketing companies. I've often fashioned myself as, in a similar way, I know overused, I'm a unicorn in that I've worked at both big companies like American Express, DirecTV, and Puma, but I've also worked at three different tech companies, of all two of which have IPO'd already. Uh, from early stage all the way to mid to late stage. And what I've really found that's been incredibly passionate for me is to be able to take the things that I learned in the big companies, how, how to build strategy, how to work with people, how to lead, and apply those to high growth companies that really yearn for that kind of information. Uh, but also being in high growth companies that are really changing the way people are doing things. Whether it was how they built and sold websites online to how do they order food and now how do they sell, buy and sell fashion. Super cool stuff, and that's why we're pumped to have you here, because you do have that really varied background. And so what was about Poshmark that made you say, I'm going to Poshmark, I'm going to be the CMO there? So obviously, I think you can pick where you want to go. So you saw something special in Poshmark. What was that? So it's a very good question. One of the things that I was looking for when I was thinking about my next role were two things. I wanted to make sure that the customer base of whatever the product I was about to join was incredibly passionate because I know that as a marketer, having an incredibly passionate base allows me to then build off of that, that word of mouth, that organic traction, that generic sort of brand love, once you sort of add some marketing magic, can really sort of be amplified and have an exponential value. So what I saw in the way that people talked about Poshmark and how it matters in their lives was something that really attracted me from a first start. But two, what I really loved was the business model. The fact that it's an easier way to buy and sell fashion and now home goods. And it's a way for us to also allow people to make money on the side, um, both as an entrepreneur, but also sometimes just to make extra cash. And though even though we have a fantastic economy, we know that people are always looking for other ways to monetize their time and their assets, and Poshmark allows that. And for me, that's enabling people to be able to do the things that they really love, whether spending more time with their family, or being able to actually support themselves, or really fill out a passion like fashion, um, or different goods that they sell on, on the platform that are their own brands. We have a number of items that are actually native, what we call native brands that people have designed themselves and they sell on Poshmark, which is fantastic. So we're giving different outlets for different people. Uh, it, that's why I think it's so fascinating because it's all these intersections, like you said, that are kind of coming together. I mean, first off, it's a cool tech platform to make this all happen. Secondly, it's a lifestyle thing. It's a gig economy type thing where everyone's yeah. got a side hustle. It becomes a passion thing because many yeah. people on Poshmark, it's their passion to be in the fashion yeah. and to sell and, and everything. And uh, also there's like an environmental side where people are actually reselling clothes that would maybe go into a dumpster or into a landfill, which I think. So you're hitting this on many, many marks. Yeah. So I can see why you're like, yeah, I think I want to go to Poshmark yeah. and uh, make that happen. What are some key stats of, of Poshmark? How many people are using it, and how big, how big is the platform? So we have over, first of all, it's like an, it's a 
completely all over the U.S. Our customers are from every part of America, which is wonderful. Two, we have over 60 million plus registered users and over 10 to 12 million buyers and sellers. And that alone has been a fantastic platform for us to actually almost pay out close to $2 billion worth of uh, sort of revenue to our sellers, which is fantastic. And that's over the course of the company's like eight, nine year mark. So for me, we're just at the beginning because I think what I've seen in the other tech companies I've worked for is that sometimes the platform is what accelerates the, the adoption, but sometimes also secular factors in the economy. Like right now, there's a lot of thought around sustainability and making sure that whatever you buy, you're buying for purposeful and not just sort of buying X number of those versions. I think we're going to be in a very interesting stage in the next three to five years as people become even more mindful, not just of what they're buying, how they're buying it. We all love Amazon. We know that's an incredibly difficult behemoth to compete with. But I do think there are many more options that are coming through for retail that are really challenging the models that we have. And what I'm excited about is Poshmark is one of those models. That's what makes it so cool is the fact that everyone thinks like an Amazon has it figured out and they're trying to do things that are kind of similar to what you would try to do. But at the end of the day, there's always someone who has an idea that can totally disrupt and upend something that is deemed to be the established thing going on out there. So I can understand why like you being CMO of Poshmark must be just so much fun because at the end of the day, a CMO in an organization like this, you're the guy with the uh, foot on the gas pedal for this place. At the end of the day, like for you to grow, it's all about marketing, right? Yeah. It's all about building that user base, yeah. and that just allows everything to happen. So what are, what are some of your plans to, to, to help scale and, and put, keep Poshmark on that growth trajectory? So I can't tell you everything, otherwise you, pr- you know, probably won't have to kill you, but... Uh, no killing, joke, please. <laughs> yeah, jokingly aside. No, I, I think it's really continuing our strategy around beginning to platform out the brand even more to an even wider user base, attracting not just, you know, we've had a historically strong um, following with women, but two, we're beginning to grow our men's business, which will open up a whole new opportunity for us. And number three, since we launched Home in the past year, it creates another category for us to allow people to buy and sell goods. So for us, it's both increasing our user base, um, getting people to explore new categories, and finding new segments of the market that we haven't tapped. I think all three of those factors allow us to really have a robust platform to how to grow in the next three to five years. Very exciting. Oh, and by the way, yeah. one more thing I forgot about that is we're also adding you know, that tiny thing called international. Uh, we launched into Canada in the last year, and we have plans also to other, obviously add several more countries, which to really is exciting to make Poshmark a global platform. This is the time to be you right now because obviously you're right at this process where things are really going to start getting big and things are going to start growing. That's like so cool, which is why everyone is so excited to hear from you today. Can you give us a couple key takeaways from your presentation that we can maybe uh, talk about real quick? Uh, like, uh, it's hard for me to sort of talk because I think there's a lot of points, but I will say one of the things that I kind of created a theme around is really around growth mindsets. One of the most important things, I think, going into a role such as the one I went into is that you have to both figure out how to scale the business, but constantly be open to new things. Because having that growth mindset is not accepting the status quo, but saying, okay, this is how it might have worked you know, in your last company. What can I take from there to apply to this new company? And then what else would I look at differently that I hadn't looked at before? And I would say that in my last role prior to Poshmark, I was there for about seven years, and I'd seen the company through such a different trajectory from being pre and post IPO than dealing with a number of competitors. Mm-hmm. Really what I learned as a leader, as a thinker was around how to question my own beliefs and say, hey, I believe that this is the way we do things, but a year and a half later, new technology, new entrant, new platform, how do we want to change? And I think kind of bring that to the team. 
in a way that allows them to kind of innovate but also challenge the way they're doing things, but not throw everything out because that's not what I was being asked to do is to help evolve the team is what I'm most excited about. And that's part of one of the topics today is how do you sort of drive that growth mindset across different parts of the org and different w- and different different functions. That sounds super exciting. It's some really good information to be throwing at our folks because that's exactly what they're facing every single day. They know that they're never done building. you got to take what you learn but then be open to new things as things go and, and take advantage of those opportunities and don't be afraid to fail at them just in case you do as far as that goes. So, you know, it's funny that you talk about failure and – I often think that people are so afraid to try new things because when things are working, I often think that when we've tried new things that doesn't work, it's like, this is a great learning opportunity. You know, let's take the moment, let's figure out what went wrong, and then what are we going to do next and how do we do it differently because that's where the growth comes from. It's not a moment of loss. It's a moment of sort of, I, I would say, just not rebirth either. It's just, re- you know, reflection to say, what could I have learned from this? Because I feel like that's both personal and organizational. Absolutely. So we've got a couple minutes left. I'm just curious, like, you know, what are some trends you're paying attention to right now? What do, what do you think is pretty important out there? Oh, my gosh, there's so many. Uh, a couple of things I keep in mind is Gen Z as a, as a segment, as a unit, is incredibly challenging and interesting. How they communicate, uh, how they want to buy we want to be at that forefront. So I think our product resonates really well, especially with that audience that is growing up in a very different environment than most of us did. So one, thinking through how do we make sure that we continue to you know, attract them, not just through the way we market, but also the way we create the product. Two, really thinking about the impact on privacy as how do we sort of address that as marketers who are so used to having a certain level of information and transparency into the data. Now that we have to be more mindful, how does that change the way we do uh, test channels, monetize users, track users? It'll be interesting. I think number three is really just the emergence of even more new marketing channels and how do we sort of embrace them, adopt them. Everyone's on TikTok question is always, how long is it going to be around? Is it the next Snapchat? <laughs> you know, I would say this is like every marketer's dilemma. I think it was every marketer's like awesome challenges. Hey, that's a great new platform. How are you addressing users? It's just becoming highly fragmented. And so when you think about trying to create a, a social media strategy, when you suddenly have seven platforms, it wasn't like three years ago, or maybe four years ago, we had like three. It's incredibly challenging. So I'm jealous. It's got to be good to be you because those are fun challenges, yeah. but also keep you up at night, too, yeah. because you're going to live and die by TikTok sometimes, which is kind of scary. Yeah, so. pushing, you know, we just recently launched our TikTok channel, and I remember I had to push the team to really think through and say, you know, try to imagine yourselves being in high school. What would you do? Uh, <laughs> and for people who, because I have a lot of employees, it's funny, because when we first started, I asked them, how many of you are in TikTok? And maybe one person raised their hand, and it's like, you all aged out already, <laughs> right? Isn't that funny? We, and I have a lot of young employees. It's like the fact to tell me you've already aged out when a whole new platform has already blown up. It just shows them where they sit on the curve and how they have to constantly be thinking about what the next thing is as well. Absolutely. Wow, what great insights. Stephen Young from Poshmark, thank you for hanging out with us today. Welcome to Pittsburgh. Glad you stopped by. Thanks for the knowledge and time. Hey, this is Jonathan Kirsting with the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. We'll be right back. So glad you're spending Wednesday night hanging out with us here on Tech Vibe Radio. It's a good use of your time. We like telling all the fun, cool stuff happening in Pittsburgh's tech sector. And Audrey, right around the corner is the Hardware Cup. I know. It's so yeah, cool. it's such a cool thing. It's we really love it. Cool. We love it. We um, love it. 
it's that time of year too. It's all, it always kicks off February, March, and goes to the spring, and it's just a, I don't know. There's so much good good stuff about it. And that's why we have Leah Simon Sully here from Alpha Lab Gear, which puts on the hardware cup. So Leah, thanks for stopping by and hanging out yeah. with us yet again. Thank, Thank you for you. having me. Yeah, yeah, that the fourth time around, you you nail that pronunciation of my last name. I take pride in that, and I remember it every single time. <laughs> I know, he's so good. The average Very radio good. host would say Simon Celli, trying, right. trying to be all like Italian. That's how it. I would say it. And I said Simon Celli because I've been told. And so I'm just saying, so yes. <laughs> and I appreciate you calling that out. <laughs> so... Talk about what's around the corner. So we are just about a week out from the Hardware Cup Pittsburgh Regional. I know. And that is one of six events that happens around the United States where we're looking at some of the most exciting physical product companies in the entire nation. That's what I like, man. And we're putting them on a literal stage in front of corporate partners and investors and other hardware enthusiasts and we are allowing our panel of investor judges to choose who is the most investable company so that that winner gets a $3,000 check, and then they go on to our international finals where there's a $50,000 grand prize. And uh, this year, for the first time I ever, know. This is the big news, right? Rather than an investment where you're giving up some equity, this year, it is a cash prize. So $50,000 that goes straight to the startup. And um, all of our second, third, and regional place prizes are also cash prizes. So we're really excited about that. We're putting them in rooms with investors, so there's additional investment opportunity. But the, all of those prizes are cash. So talk about what kinds of companies. Like, you know, break it down a little bit. Sure. So we define hardware very broadly. Hardware is anything with a physical product component. So that can mean the things you traditionally think of in hardware, robotics and autonomous vehicles. It can mean IoT. It can mean um, fashion. It can mean food. It can mean anything with food. a physical Wait, product component. Food, back up. Component. I forgot Wait, about fashion this thing. Fashion and food? Right. Okay. Yes. As long as there's some amount of tech, there's something protectable about your, gotcha. your company, right, your, right, your right. product, then that's what the Hardware Cup is about. It's about taking those companies that are not software, not just a exactly. platform, but something that's a physical product, and highlighting them and getting them connected to everything they need. What I've always really thought is just so clever about the Hardware Cup is that it goes to these cities, and it's even gone around the world at times. There have been right. times when you have left and gone to, you know, Faraway places. I'm trying to remember. Uh, is it Japan? Japan yeah. and Japan, Israel right. and Brazil. And, yeah. And so you were literally map. going internationally as a way of then bringing these folks back to Pittsburgh for the finals. It always happens at the end of spring, very beginning of summer. And I think it's just such, such a great way to get people in the know of the horsepower that we have here in Pittsburgh, and which is run through Alpha Lab Gear, which is one of our favorite programs in all of Pittsburgh because we like making stuff here, right? I mean, at the end of the day, and it's cool that we have an organization that's here to promote people from around the world coming here to build companies. Absolutely. Which we think it's just awesome. It's, yeah, the way, the way we started out, we thought, you know, we'll test this just like our startups do. We'll start in a couple of cities. We'll see, you know, if we can, we can get some excitement built around hardware. 
And we found out six years ago when we started that, you know, there was a real need for this. There was a real hunger for this to highlight specifically physical product companies. Definitely. Get investors of physical product companies in the same room. And um, once we did that, I mean, it kind of took on a life of its own. We had partners from around the U.S. and partners from around the world that said, hey, we want to bring this to our ecosystem. Can we run one in our Oh, really? So they're reaching out to you. Are you, Mm -hmm. you, like, licensing this out? So we've created a toolkit. Ooh, nice. Okay, cool. There's no no cost to it. The the point of the hardware. Oh, charge them money for it. Come on, man. (laughs) It's it's that, you know, we're building community in all of these locations. I'd still charge them 50 bucks. They've, they've got to they've got to put on the competition, and they've got to send their winner to Pittsburgh. Oh, oh, so that wow. then, okay. So that's a good time. They need to charge right. then. Okay, I, I take that back. I take that back. I take that back. <laughs> but then we take care of them once they get to Pittsburgh. Wow, so everything, very cool. You know, we paid for the hotel and the competition itself, all the prizes, okay. all of that stuff is through our sponsors. Very cool. Um, so SolidWorks and right. Bosch and Arrow and ADI are our main sponsors that have been supporting us for years and years exactly. and, and literally make this happen. Yeah, in case you just tuned in, we're talking to Leah Simon Silly from Alpha Lab Gear and the Hardware Cup. And uh, so we're just we're, you mentioned yeah. excuse me. Yeah. You mentioned something about fashion and food. Yes. What can you talk about some of the trends that you've seen? Are they yeah. social impact? Are they reuse? Are they Certainly. Um, so you see a lot in smart clothing. Yes. Um, cool. And that's something that you know. I don't know that we've that we've totally figured out mm-hmm. really all of the things that we can do yeah. with smart clothing. So where can um, you put a sensor on a piece of clothing to there, tell you something about something you should be doing or not doing or something like that? Right. right? Whether whether it's you know temperature control. Um, we've seen it in the disability market as well. Absolutely. So using um, different designs and. You know, snaps are hard to do in some cases. We've we've had just a really really broad array of um, competitors Definitely. that have a product yeah. like that. That's really it's hard to put them up against something that's robotics. It's even harder to put them up against something that's healthcare IT, right? Because they're you're just looking at really different verticals and really different types of levels of complexity, right? And, yeah. Oh wow. Um, yeah. Team that you need to build them. So. That's something that we really pride ourselves on in, in the Hardware Cup is that anybody that comes to a competition, anybody that applies, should get something out of it. You're going to need someone in the audience during our networking portion. See, that's a great point that I think you bring up because when you go to these things, like it's kind of, I don't want to say it's a party, but it's almost like a party atmosphere to a certain degree because like – even I see people like if they, if they didn't win, they're like all dejected. Like, no, you came here tonight and you should be talking to people and building your network. This is just an opportunity for you to, if you do move on or get selected, that's great. But being part of it is such a good thing because you are bringing some of the best and brightest minds together now from you know across the country. It's a great way to start meeting new folks and getting more ideas. And especially when we do it in Pittsburgh, yeah, you know, we've got hundreds of people that will come out for for these events. And so, for what's our what's what's the location for the, for this year's events? So, here. for the Pittsburgh regional, yeah. that will be at CMU Short Center. Okay, good um, place. On February twenty seventh at six p.m. Alrighty. As always, free to attend. Yeah. You know, food, drinks, networking. I'll link it. It's a good. It's a good night just to go and participate. But better yet, just spectate and just meet people and hang out and just be inspired. Absolutely. And um, then once we finish all of our travels around the United States, we give all of our international partners a chance to run their competitions okay. throughout February, March, and April. Gotcha. Then we'll bring everybody back to Pittsburgh. Then I'll come back to Pittsburgh. For the international finals that will be on 
May 19th. So oh, my mark goodness. your calendar. You know what? May 19th is going to be here before we know it. Who, baby? And I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I think you're looking forward to it, too. Oh, baby. <laughs> I am indeed. Now, it's one of my favorite nights of the year. So, um, yeah. Very we, cool. You've helped put Pittsburgh on the map. Yeah. Thank you for your work. Definitely. Yeah. Like all the way around, this is the, these are the types of things that are setting Pittsburgh apart mm-hmm. and making us a destination, right? Because that's what Audrey and I keep saying. Pittsburgh has to be a destination. Right. And if we don't have things like this happening, it's not going to happen. And you, you would be surprised when we, um, when we travel to these other cities yeah. and we say, okay – your prize, $3,000 right. cash and a spot in the international finals in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, and then what do people say? Okay. <laughs> what do they say? And more often than not, they know it. we're hearing people say, oh, I just had, you know, really? my neighbor was just there. My okay. boss was oh, just really? there. Oh, really? That's great. Well, that's and good that to know. people are actually excited to check out the city of Pittsburgh, which right. they should be. Yeah. Um, but I would say even... You know, my very, my very first hardware cup four years ago. So, so this, is, this is the fourth. It's changed. Few, yeah. It's changed, um, hasn't it? The response has the changed. The response has changed to what it means to, you know, to get a trip to Pittsburgh. You only hear a wah-wah after you say <laughs> it. You hear a great. cool <laughs> or okay. <laughs> That's, That's so great. Cool. Have any it. of those companies that have come here or those startups come here decide to put up a shingle? So we have had companies that participated in the Hardware Cup then learn about some of the other programs we have going on in right. Pittsburgh. So, so things like Alpha Lab Gear. I was going to say, how many people came to become gear companies at that point, right? And, and yeah. we've had, yeah, we've had companies that we would not have met otherwise. That's what it's that, about, you know, man. We put our feet on the ground and we get to check out all these companies and Build get that, that opportunity in front of them. And then they find that it's a really great fit. Um, We've also had we've had even a company from Japan that participated in the Hardware Cup came to our manufacturing programming in That's Pittsburgh. That's what I'm talking and about. They just raised four million dollars. What? Who is this company? Who was this company? Hachitama. Okay. Uh, they have the cat toilet. Oh, I heard about that. Oh my god, they, that's so um, awesome. They use the, the toilet to detect any issues like kidney disease that cats might have. Oh my god. Yeah, there is four million dollars there. Um, I forgot an Amazon, about them. That's what I'm talking um, about. They're like a bestseller on Amazon for Prime Day in Japan. So it's just it's very cool to see we get to very cool. follow the trajectory of all yeah, of these companies. Oh, and you know, where where we can help them out and help them build strong businesses, we're happy to do it. Definitely. Tell everyone to go to alphalabgear.org. All the details for the Hardware Cup are hanging out right there. And go attend on the 27th and on the 19th for the Super Finals. Are the finals at the Schwartz Center as well, too? Or even no, a bigger event? T- TBD, yeah. but it'll be a larger it'll venue. It'll be a bigger so venue because you got lots going on there. That's oh, great. Leah, thank you so much for stopping by and giving us all the details on Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Great stuff, man. Thanks for having us. Very, very cool. It gets me so fired up. So great. Yeah, I didn't realize that company's doing that. That's so awesome. (laughs) Cat toilets that can detect kidney disease. And that's a problem. And it's being it solved. Thank great. you, Hardware Cup. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> great stuff. Oh, another tech vibe under the belt. Great. Too much fun having these stories to tell, Audrey. I love it. I love it. Don't worry, everybody. Next Wednesday night, we're back here. Hey, if you have a Jones in for some tech vibe and it's not Wednesday night, you don't have to worry at all. Just go into your favorite podcast platform, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Deezer for crying out loud. You can find a treasure trove of tech vibe 
podcasts. Oh my God, there's so many of them because we do so much content. So many great interviews like Leah over here. So go check that out in case you're bored and lonely and want to learn more about Pittsburgh's tech sector. We're there to entertain you. Until the next time, this is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about the Tech Council at pghtech.org. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.